becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you get to make real. Hey, welcome to the Shores of Ignorance. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome. Yeah, cheers. Oh, oh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're starting the intro. <laughs> I thought we were going to kick this off. We're back from the West. We're out of the, sorts. Oh, I deleted that. Oh, you deleted that. Yeah. So okay, I, we're I rolling now. Is. I'm not stopping it again. Yeah. Shores of Ignorance over. I just got deleted. <laughs> to the Shores. <laughs> canceled. <laughs> canceled. You're canceled. Mm. Well, we are back from the West. Oh, what, are we doing it? Was that the intro? And then we're back into the rest no of No intro. I think intro. we're just in. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I think, uh, I think we need to apologize to Bullet. Uh, we, uh, we've kind of brought in some Delweeny, I think, and so... Apo- no, I'm not apologizing to Bullet. Know. Bullet knows I see other whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but then we go to, to, to the store today, and they only had these little small bottles. Yeah, the guy at the liquor store said something about supply chain shortages and all the popular whiskeys are going to be out of stock for a while. He was very serious about it. He was like, almost plan, angry. Yeah, he's like, plan accordingly, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, well, he's like, whoa. The part of it was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Heads up. So we're now passing that along to you if you also drink Bullet. <laughs> maybe stock up i don't know yeah you know uh-huh. unless you bring home two bowl, bottles of 1.5 and your wife would be like uh what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> thought we were cutting back oh, yeah exactly <laughs> well i am i'm just preparing to cut back for longer exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. what if what, what if it snows for a week here <laughs> it shuts down for a month you never know when that might happen mm-hmm. yeah man that's such a, that's a good good point good, good point. to be prepared uh, yeah <laughs> First snowpocalypse 2022. Okay. It'll probably be something uh, way crazier than that, though. Than oh, yeah. snowpocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, I think aliens is the only thing right now that I could really see as. I think topping last year and a half to two years. I think the aliens are still a couple of years away. Mm. I don't think we're quite ready. We're not quite ready. No. Yeah, we're almost ready. You know, it's like. You do, look, you, do you think there's aliens? <sighs> no. I don't. Why? I'm not turning this episode well, into the aliens episode. I'm just, I'm just, just curious. You just did. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a good reason other than I feel like if there were, we would know and we have no evidence or anything even close to evidence or a hunch. It's like anything we can see, there's no life whatsoever anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, an advanced civilization that, you know, was able to make itself known to us and we don't know about it. That seems very unlikely Yeah, to me. I think it seems much more likely that we're alone on this pale blue dot in the middle of a dead cold <laughs> universe. All right. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I think it's plausible, but maybe not possible plausible but not possible yeah can like, something be plausible if it's not possible <clears throat> maybe it's po- no yeah it's plausible but I, I it i would say more it, it more points to no but it would make sense to me that there was and it also depends on like how you deform life too and, and all that kind of stuff but when i think of like life forms i think of somebody or something that is you know some sort of sentient being that's mm-hmm. like Higher than uh, Luca, you know, <laughs> but that because that makes considered life Luca, forms. You're yeah. high, though. You're you're very high. Like amoeba, that's a life form. You uh-huh. know? It's like yeah. So well, but that's the thing is we have found nothing, like no forms of life at all, hmm. anywhere. Well, I guess maybe I would say that there. I would probably in that sense no it, fungi, no algae. I would believe there's probably some some life form on other planets that would be alien life. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm, I guess I was more thinking of aliens that you're thinking like men in black style. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? Yeah. That'd be super dope though. <laughs> I'd be into it. Totally. Uh, I don't know. I did watch, uh, the Bob Lazar documentary and it was pretty compelling, mm-hmm. but it didn't change my mind. Yeah. I feel like every time I've gone down that rabbit hole, it always ends up being like, Oh no way. And then be like, okay, well, yeah, that's, it's interesting, but mm-hmm. that was not very super convincing. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I want to be convinced almost. 
Well, I think there's much more interesting things to talk about than aliens. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like channeling energy through channeling space. Channeling energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the aliens were going to come here, they'd have to do that, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Channel energy through space and time. Vast amounts of energy. Vast amounts of energy. <laughs> <laughs> more energy than we know how to conceive of. Oh, dude. That's... Uh, I think that's... Uh, uh, I, I go, I go different places. I, I, last time we talked about the nuclear, uh, nuclear energy and stuff like that. And it's like, what is left to, to discover as far as energy is concerned? Like, you know, fusion is kind of like almost <clears throat> the outer limits that I understand that we can even comprehend as far as energy goes. Yeah. Well, so that kind of brings us to this quote we wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I've been fascinated by this idea of the conversion of energy into other things. Mm-hmm. So Michael Saylor talks about Bitcoin as being the best store of energy on the planet, which is a weird thing to say, because what is Bitcoin? It's like, it's nothing. It's some code, right? Floating around the internet. Um, but that's kind of no different than money, what is money? It's just a piece of paper floating around in physical space. Gold, it's a rock. Right. That comes out of the ground. But we use all of these things to store energy and release it later. Mm-hmm. Energy in the form of work, um, as well as uh, energy in the, in, in the form of taking the result or, or of our effort storing it in that piece of money and then using that to buy the results of the work later. Mm-hmm. It's offsetting the results of that work. So I don't know if people understand exactly what you mean there. Cause whenever I first heard that terminology, it took me a second to really wrap my head around it. And mm-hmm. once I wrapped my head around it, I was like, Oh, that is super fascinating. It is. Yeah. So it's like, you do work like, you know, you go to your job, you work, you know, six hours. It's like, well, what happens? What do you get for that six hours? you get some sort of arbitrary monetary value for that six hours. So basically you're storing that energy that you spent for six hours and let's say $60, you got $10 an hour or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, why is that energy? Well, you can take that $60 and spend it somewhere else on somebody else's expended energy. So your, your, your energy is now acquiring something in the future that's not just you, you're not working for that other thing that do that okay yeah i think so so the way i think about it is if i use my manual labor in order to make my life better let's say i build a house and so i have shelter mm-hmm. i go start a garden so that i've got some sort of sustainable food source maybe i uh, you know, find a cow or something, take care of it. I've got milk and I've got meat for the winter. Mm-hmm. But then what if I get so good at that, that I've got two extra hours a day, um, that I have more energy I could use productively, but I've solved all my productive needs. So I go to someone who can't solve all their productive needs and say, I'll, I'll do some of your work for you. And if you give me, some guarantee of something in the future. Um, so the, the, the progression of this is that eventually if you've got enough people participating in an economy, I can, rather than start a garden, go do some work that isn't necessarily important to me, um, to my, to my survival needs. Mm -hmm. And instead of spending all my energy on my own survival needs, I now have, all of my energy captured in this monetary system that I can then use to buy from you. Let's say you're a, you're an agriculturalist. I can just buy the food from you rather than having to plant it myself. Mm -hmm. And so long as everyone is producing more energy than they need to survive, then you have an economy in which you can trade things for things people can actually make choices about what they want to spend their energy on mm-hmm. above and beyond, um, you know, just simply making sure that the house doesn't fall down and there's food on the table. Mm-hmm. So you have this extra energy captured in this monetary, whether that's gold or a piece of paper or Bitcoin, 
you have this, this excess of energy captured and it's movable mm-hmm. and it's savable. So I can do, I can capture that energy and spend it today or, or trade it, expend it. It's like, it's like when I, when I do work and receive money, it's like charging a battery. Mm. Now I have that energy in the battery. I can plug it into something and use it right now, or I could wait and say, you know, I'm going to save this battery for three weeks from now. I think I might really need it then mm-hmm. and then spend it then. The, the, the interesting point with the progression of gold to fiat, which would be the, the dollar in our uh, country um, to something like Bitcoin is the, the, the battery analogy works really well. Mm. So if I charge up a battery, I expend my own energy. Like you could imagine pedaling a bike or something, you know, and generating energy and storing it into a battery. That's the literal conversion of my physical energy into electrical energy. But you all know that if you charge up your laptop and take it with you on a trip and don't bring your charger, it's like the first time you open it up, you're going to be down to like 70%. Mm-hmm. It's like batteries are leaky. They don't hold energy over time perfectly. Mm. Um, so gold and fiat are leaky stores of energy. Uh, gold in the sense that it takes a lot of additional energy to maintain it. So the additional, so whether that's like you have to build a place to store it, then you have to expend energy to protect it. Uh, and all that's a lot of work. So yeah, we're talking about wages yeah. and rent and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And you might not want to do all that. So mm-hmm. you might just instead pay someone else to do all that, which means the value of your gold is going to go down because you're expending more energy to, uh, keep the value mm-hmm. in fiat it loses its energy because the system is inflationary. Mm-hmm. Um, I read yesterday that 40% of all dollars in circulation were printed yes. this year. 40%. That's, that's something to just like sit with for a second. Yeah. it's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be working on the edge of my knowledge on, on, this, one, but, on this one. Yeah. But like, uh, the, the fed says that the, CPI consumer price index indicates about 5% inflation. Most of the other analysis indicate about 15% inflation. But then if you imagine that there's 40% more dollars chasing the same amount of goods, inflation's way higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so your dollar is losing value as there are more dollars in the system. It's kind of like monopoly, mm-hmm. you know, um, if everybody's just if you just issue everybody more money, then the money that you already had is now worth less because everything's relative. The value of your $1 is relative to how many dollars are in circulation. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's a hundred dollars and I have one of them, I'm rich. But if there's, you know, a, a quid, a gazillion dollars or whatever, <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm definitely not rich. Well, I think even just in that analogy right there, uh, again, if you're kind of like me, like I, I have a, I have had a slight understanding of money uh, over the years and in the last two or three years, that's changed a lot for me. Like, like to be able to think of if there's a hundred dollars out there and I have one of those and how much more valuable is that $1 versus let's say I have a, I have $1 and there's only a hundred and then all someone throws in an extra 10,000 it's like it's very obvious like how your buying power just went down Mm -hmm. because it's like so many more people have opportunity to purchase the same goods that you have Mm -hmm. and you know I think in the US it's like (laughs) (laughs) scared of (laughs) Luke is causing a ruckus (laughs) but he's playing with his friend yeah (laughs) Oh, are we? Right. So the interesting thing about Bitcoin as a store of energy is it's deflationary, meaning that the supply is fixed. You can't add more Bitcoin. You can simply trade it. Um, so it doesn't leak in inflationary terms and mm-hmm. it doesn't cost anything to protect or rather the cost of protecting it is built into the network dynamics. Mm-hmm. So it's a much well. And on top of that, So it's great that way. So it's the hardest money ever Mm -hmm. invented. And that's what hard money means is it doesn't lose value. I think that's what hard money means. Mm -hmm. And um, 
on top of that, you know, if you're using gold and you want to pay somebody in gold for something expensive, let's say, it's super difficult because gold is bulky and heavy and it takes a lot of energy to move it. So you'd rather just exchange dollars, which is why dollars came about. It's much easier. Mm-hmm. I can just give you a bill. It's more divisible. Yeah, it's more divisible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't like start shaving off like a, a bar. How much is that? Yeah. Uh, 20 ounces of gold? Okay. You've you got, you got a scale. <laughs> right, so we use dollars. That's easier to move. But, we, you know, it's also still relatively difficult to pay someone in dollars. You know, mm-hmm. you have to rely on the central bank to reconcile transactions. It takes time. Um and that's evolved and gotten a lot better over the years, but there's still massive limitations. Um, especially if you want to send money to somebody in another country because you have to go <laughs> through exchange rates and mm-hmm. all these things. Whereas, okay, so Bitcoin uh, takes no energy to move and you can send it anywhere at the speed of light. So it's this superior mechanism for storing and transferring energy through space and time. Mm-hmm. So time being the first uh, point we made, which means it doesn't leak energy mm-hmm. over time. And then through space means I can send it to you or I can send it to somebody in Australia and it makes no difference to the Bitcoin network. Yeah. Um, and there's no central government to like, or bank to limit your time when you, when you actually spend it and <clears throat> there are two to three right. days or like, proving it or proving it. Yeah. Right. So, all that to set up this quote from Michael Saylor. So Michael Saylor is the CEO of MicroStrategy, this large company. And uh, they were one of the first companies to buy Bitcoin. And so he's a huge... Especially in large amounts. Bitcoin maximalist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, so we, you and I were listening to a podcast about that. Um, I think it's referenced in the show notes on our last episode. This, mm-hmm. this, um, this quote from them, from Michael Saylor, that says, winners always more efficiently convey energy through space and time. Mm -hmm. Always convey energy more efficiently through space and time. Mm -hmm. And it was a fantastic quote. I mean, it's obviously about money and cryptocurrency, but if you make the shift to thinking about money as energy, um, that's a really amazing way to think about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And he uses the analogy like, you know, what, what is a good quarterback doing? He's effectively channeling energy through space and time. He has to throw the ball to a new space and have it land there at a very specific time so that it can be caught. He's good at channeling the energy of that ball mm. to where it needs to go. And that's, you know, you could say something of an arbitrary game, but it got me thinking about a lot of things differently. Like, like well... If you're working on anything, you know that at the end of the day, you put it down, you come back and you pick it up the next day. You're starting at it new. Mm -hmm. You're bringing something with you from your experience with it. You're not exactly new, but it is fresh, right? So what does it mean to like channel your own energy and momentum from one day to the next? And if you can do that more effectively, Mm. you know, in the, the sort of maybe trite example is like, get a good night's rest. You get a good night's rest you're going to be able to retain more of what you learned yesterday mm-hmm. and use it more effectively today. And that's like, a, it's like, okay, so if my goal is to like string together these days so that I'm pulling as much of what I can from the past forward, channeling as much of the energy I generate every day, um, not necessarily in money, but let's say even in, in um, like learning or social capital um, if I can pull that forward effectively to the next day, I've channeled that energy more efficiently mm. and that's going innate to enable me to, well, to win. Yeah. It's like when it, what I'm, I'm not making a case there, Yeah. but to become more competent, to become wiser, to become more effective at what it is that I'm trying to do. Well, I think too, like in <clears throat> just in business in general, it's like, when a business is able to channel um, energy effectively through space and time, you know, that's something that, you know, if a business is selling goods and they're not able to manage their cogs, their cost of goods in a way that is efficient through space and time and their 
COGS end up being more than what they're actually selling it for. COGS is an acronym? Yeah, COGS. Cost of yeah, goods? Cost of goods, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like that business will fail because it's not just cost of goods, you also have labor. So you have to channel all this energy through space and time in order for a business to succeed mm-hmm. and not and not lose money, not lose energy. Well, it makes me think about an orchestra. Hmm. You know, business is something like that. Mm-hmm. You have all these different constituent elements that have to work together in this sort of um, synchronous dance of energy. Like if you've been, I think an orchestra is a good good example as opposed to like a rock band. Because if you've been to one, you know, know, there's no amplification. Everybody has to work together to get the sound just right. Mm -hmm. And what is the conductor doing? And you might say, well, the conductor's... The conductor's keeping time. Mm-hmm. Like these people have been playing eight hours a day for 40 years or whatever. They don't need somebody to keep time. Mm-hmm. No, he's channeling and orchestrating the energy mm-hmm. of the performance. He is the the single point of sort of like the eye contact, point. the mm-hmm. reference point mm-hmm. that is reflecting back what's going on in the rest of the group. And that's channeling and guiding the energy of the group to make it cohesive mm-hmm to make it hit. And if, if you sit in the audience and listen, you're not observing how skillfully the people play. I mean, you might, but that's a secondary observation. The first observation is going to be more of an embodied energetic observation or energetic response. Mm -hmm. There's energy being channeled from each of the musicians through the conductor and through the conductor combining into a greater energy and you're the recipient of that mm. and you know that because you feel it and you leave different. Yeah. And if that wasn't true, you wouldn't go in the first place. I love that. I mean, that's like, that's the, the idea of customer service too is like, you know, somebody comes in and you have five minutes with somebody every single day, mm. you know, it's like, and there's like this role you can play to like shift their morning. You know, it's like, I remember this one lady came in and she's like, I hate my job. This is my favorite part of the day. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's like the energy that was channeled, not just through the caffeine, but through the interaction and through the space, that was something that gave her like enough energy to get through her day, not just caffeine wise, you yeah, know, like, right. um, or even like our Wednesday night podcast, you know, it's like, mm. it's like we have all these things stirring around and we come out over here and then we're like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And we've kind of got an idea. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like channeling the energy that we've sort of built up that we, we don't even know that's there. You know, it's like, it's like we've kind of almost like through osmosis kind of accumulated certain things. And right. it's not until this <clears throat> moment that it's released, you know, it's yeah. just kind of interesting. It's a, re- I mean, it's been a really encouraging thing for me to think about over the last week. Mm. You know, there's all these like sort of seemingly, it almost seems new agey a little bit. <laughs> It it does. Kind of has a new age sound to it. <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. It does. But you know, if you were to go to like a very practical sort of, um, I don't want to say life coach, but listen to someone like Tim Ferriss, let's say, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's like kind of a he can he I think he considers himself or calls himself like a, a life hack guy. He's looking for life hacks. You know, if anybody ever tried to say, you know, like, let me give you a couple ideas to improve your life. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, <laughs> in addition to some like stuff like cold showers or really, you know, in saunas, like really popular right now. But mm-hmm. the base layer, I think people are going to say something like, well, get up at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, journal. Spin the first hour of the morning off of your phone, off the Internet. Um eat, you know, some specific way. Mm-hmm. And as I'm thinking about it, maybe it is, it does sound new agey, but all of those things are in service of more effectively channeling energy from day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, like I get up early in the morning and when I don't do that, it's like, I'm not as effective at channeling my energy throughout the day. Right. Because it's something about, and it might not be necessarily the things I do. I mean, let's just take one aspect of it is getting up early. Like something about that is when I get up and then I go make coffee and do my reading and writing or whatever it might be. It's like, 
it's like I'm preparing for the day, you know, and something about that preparing is sort of like almost accumulating all the energy that I've stored up and then projecting it into the day, you know, but if you kind of, if you kind of walk into your day, it might take you four or five, six hours to then be able to channel that energy, but then Mm -hmm. the day's over. Right. You know, and so it's like, it's not as effective of a way to, to channel that energy, which is almost another layer of that too, is the more, the more that you're able to effectively channel that energy. I think of you in this instance, it's like you program, but the, what you do, you could probably do it in an hour or 30 minutes. What takes a whole, uh, a young programmer to do in a whole day. Mm-hmm. And there's something that you've learned over time, how to channel that energy more effectively and efficiently through, um, uh, through spending that time in energy mm. and that makes it more efficient, efficient and effective. Right. So, and, and again, that's like, it's like the duration of that over time you've become more effective. And so what took eight hours now only takes one hour, which is almost like investing, you know? Yes, totally. <laughs> well, I'm starting to think about it. Like, so anything that you, that you might learn, whether it's programming or reading a book or mm-hmm. learning a new task, you're expending energy and what are you getting in return? Well, you're getting knowledge, let's say. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's your the equivalent of working at the coffee shop and getting paid in dollars. You know, I'm I'm expending energy on learning and I'm gaining knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, how non-leaky is my container for that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, if I work really hard and learn something for the first time and I'm super excited about it, so I go out celebrating with my friends and get drunk, well, most of that knowledge <laughs> is going to leak out by the time I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're talking about is how do you set up your life such that you retain as much as you can? Mm-hmm. It's like store that um in a non-leaky, safe way, Hmm. transfer it through time into tomorrow, and then in space to some other skill or task. And if you're diligent about that, you're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. I saw this clip of Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, must've been years ago talking about his training schedule. And he was like, most people train, you know, summer training camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just early on adopted the idea that every day I'm going to get up at three I'm going to train from four to six. I'm going to rest for a couple of hours, train from nine to 11, rest for a couple of hours, train from three to three to five, rest for a couple of hours, train from seven to nine, and then do it again. He's like, I don't care how hard anyone works during the summer. You're not going to catch up. (laughs) And the more time that goes by, the farther I'm going to pull ahead of you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's exactly what he's doing is he is, he is channeling his own energy forward in time to his own benefit mm-hmm. through like some insane discipline. Yeah. And that's compounding. And I think we all have the opportunity to do the same thing. Like we don't all have the opportunity to be Kobe Bryant and play, you know, in the NBA, mm-hmm. but anything that you apply yourself to yeah. like be cognizant of how do you, you know, what is this gaining me and how do I store that effectively so that I can use that when I want to use it? Well, I mean, you can even think of like with that in the same sense of, uh, of children and marriage and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you do spend all this time and energy with your, with your kids and kind of growing them up into, you know, so there's a certain amount of energy you're expending, but then, you know, over the years they have kids and then you have grandkids and there's a sort of like you, you get to kind of reap some of that fruit of mm-hmm. your labor mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, most grandkids think their grandparents are amazing and, <laughs> and fantastic, you know, but it's like, but that's years and years and years of investment and energy yeah. projected through space and time. And as any parent will tell you, it's like, you definitely don't do that perfectly, but it's like, but there's something that's very gratifying. Like someone said, like, uh, Oh, I know I can't, I can't do it exactly, but I'll just start with it. It's like, it's like, it starts with marriage and then it goes with uh, the kids, but it's like this exponential your worst and best things will come through your kids. You know, it's like, cause you expend so much time and energy growing them, you know, hmm. uh, mm-hmm. 
that that anytime you spend time and energy on anything, it's going to have the most effect on you and your kids will have probably the most effect on you as far as like, and also a mirror to yourself as far as like your imperfections, as well as maybe the things that you've done well too, you know? Yeah. I don't know who it was, but I heard it put this way that when you're single, you know, if you sort of imagine the worst and best thing that could happen, that's it. And Mm -hmm. you, you put it on a scale. It's like, it's like maybe the best thing that happened is like a 10 that could happen is like a 10. And the worst thing that could happen is like a negative 10, mm-hmm. but then you get married and the scale expands Yeah, because something, because the worst thing happening to the person you love is worse mm-hmm. than the worst thing happening to you Yeah, and vice versa. It's like the best thing happening for the person you love is better for you mm-hmm. than the best thing happening to you so the scale expands to like positive 20 negative 20 mm-hmm. and then you have kids and it like goes to positive 50 negative 50 mm-hmm. because now you and this other person have both invested in this this offspring mm-hmm. and the best and worst thing that happens to them is like the best and worst thing that you'll ever experience yeah who was that that we were listening i guess it was one of the podcasts we were listening to oh it was on it was on joe rogan uh it was ben shapiro oh ben shapiro and joe rogan. Yeah. yeah totally yeah. okay that's what it was yeah, that really was, uh, again, but uh, that, that analogy of energy is is, mm-hmm. is such a huge, you, you, once you start kind of like scratching on that, you start to see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's also, you have to realize like you ha- have to know where to channel your energy. You can't just dissipate it over, over a wide spread of things because it won't, it won't be very effective. You know, if you just sort of, um, you know, again, if, if you, you have, you have natural grass coming out of the ground, it's not going to do anything. It's just dissipating all over the place. But if you channel it into a pipe to a, a station, which then takes it to, um, the natural gas place, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, then it can be used <coughs> in one of the most effective ways, but it doesn't do any good if it's just dissipating into the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could use the analogy of like snow melt on a mountain, mm. you know, it's, it's, you can't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. But once you get downhill, that snow melt, as it forms into uh, channels yeah. and those accumulate into larger mm-hmm. and larger channels, it becomes something powerful enough that you can build a, a hydro plant mm. or powerful enough that it can kill you if you jump <laughs> into it, you know, mm-hmm. but it starts with snow melt. Yeah. And streams and trickles and <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's hard thing too is, is I think it's intimidating when we see, like, I mean, again, for me, I, I just really enjoy hearing and watching Elon Musk, you know, and you want to be like, oh, well, he's got all these resources, but it's like, it's not like those all happened at once. Mm-hmm. Like it started with a trickle turned into a stream and then a river. And then, you know, before you know, it, it's just a huge gargantuan thing that has momentum. Right. And. I think that can be intimidating because you, you, you feel like you should have the, the huge river rather than starting with the trickle, the yeah. stream. Well, we've been th- talking about, you know, how to, how to transfer, how, how to accumulate and transfer energy mm. through space and time. And, and as you kind of put a second ago, we haven't talked about like, well, then how do you use it? How do you mm-hmm. decide what to do with that accumulated energy? Yeah. And someone like um, like Elon Musk or even Steve Jobs, both of them are famous for being sort of like Luddites in their personal life. Mm-hmm. And there's that famous picture of Steve Jobs. He's in a mansion and there's just a mattress on the floor and a single lamp and a, some vinyl records. And it's like, this is how he lives. Mm-hmm. You know, wore the same damn thing every day. <laughs> totally. And to him, it was like, whatever energy he was channeling, it wasn't worth using any of it on those things. He wanted to use it all on the continuation of that Mm-hmm. that energy path. And I think Elon's kind of the same. He famously lives in a tiny home, mm-hmm. I think for sort of different reasons, but, but it's like deciding where to spend your energy is kind of a whole different, mm-hmm. a whole different subject. Which is fascinating. Like you, if you even think of it this way is like, you know, so we're born and there's a certain amount of like, we have to sustain that energy and our parents are responsible for that energy at, at our youngest age, like our mother, you know, feeding on the breast or whatever, you know, it's like, like there's something that we're being given to sustain us into the next day or the next week or the next year. Mm -hmm. But at some point we have to start learning how to feed ourselves. 
and then not only feed ourselves, but clothe ourselves. And so it's like, we're learning to expend energy in order to push us into the next day, the next week, the next year. And, and then, you know, going to school, there's, there's, there's all these things that we participate in, in, uh, being able to grow or build that energy into the future. And I think that's part of, you know, we've, like we've been talking about is having a big, a big mission, something that you will never be able to accomplish in your lifetime is I think the bigger that mission is, the more energy that you will be able to, um, direct in that to, to funnel in that direction. So if it's like, mm-hmm. like if I just need enough energy to feed myself every day, well, that's not, that doesn't take a lot of energy. It might take a lot of energy for somebody. Uh, no, not in this day and age. Yeah. Not in this day and age. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting thing to say because we can only say that because the people who came before us mm. generated and channeled and retained energy well enough that it takes almost no energy now for anyone to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. The, the, the vast majority of people yeah. in the Western world, at least let's say. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, and also like, you know, mental illness or whatever. There's, there's a lot of like, there's definitely some caveats there, but generally speaking, most sure. of us have that <clears throat> ability. And it did come from those who came before us that, that, uh, that stored that energy and also passed <clears throat> those, those efficiencies on to us, right. you know? Um, yeah, it's so crazy. Now I'm just seeing like all these different, like, you know, everything from storing our food to, you know, uh, refrigerators that the shelf life of the shelf life of food. It's like, it's just fascinating. Like how many areas that we've learned to store energy more efficiently and Mm -hmm. the more efficiently we're able to store energy. It's like the, the more, uh, we're able to focus our energy on other things. Yep. And, and part of that is probably, especially with like the internet age, it's like, it's like for me to find something or to learn about something, it takes so little energy. I just, Google it, you know, before you'd have to like, you know, go to the library or, you know, um, oh, that's just pa- pause on that point for a moment okay. and just consider how much effort it took to learn something new in the day mm-hmm. of libraries. Yeah. I mean, first of all, <clears throat> the opportunity cost of taking the time in your day to go do it mm-hmm. means you can't be doing something else Yeah. because you got to get in the car and you got to drive there. Then you've got to go look at the, the Dewey decimal system <laughs> uh, and try to make sense of that. <clears throat> and then you got to go find the book. Then you got to, you know, leaf through the book to find the piece of information you want or the microfilms to find the newspaper article you're looking for. Totally. You know, then you got to like copy it down because some of that stuff you can't take away or you got to check it out or they don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of energy it took to get some piece of information was so much greater than it is for us now. And that was mm-hmm. just, 25 years ago or even niche or specialized knowledge. It's like, Oh, that's only in the library of Congress. Right. That's all there's that books now. And it's in India, (laughs) you know, it's like, well, there's like great. I saw this meme on the internet that was like, you know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to see a picture of a, of a raccoon with a hat on, (laughs) you had to either already have the picture Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or somehow own a raccoon and a hat and a camera. <laughs> it was like, that's it. Or otherwise you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but we now have instantaneous access to any piece of information that, mm-hmm. you know, almost any yeah. piece of information that exists. And that's exp- exponentially growing, yeah. you know, that access to that information. Right. Yeah. So back to your, your, your point about what do you do with the energy once you accumulate it. Well, you got to direct it. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to direct it at? I think we've, we've kind of been focused on the, the short term, which is like how much of yet of today's energy, um, can I convey into tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And that might be a skill that I'm learning. It might be a, a, an idea that I'm becoming familiar with. It might just be the value of the money that I'm storing my monetary value in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's easy enough to direct, it's also, well, then if you say, well, how do I direct not just this into tomorrow, but this week into next week or this month into next month or this year into next year at this point, it's like, what are you directing toward? Yeah. 
it's not just about hoarding. Mm-hmm. And you have to start thinking about using and using for what. And now you're in a context that looks much more like morality mm-hmm. or perhaps spirituality. What's all this for? What am I doing this for? I think the easiest point of that is, is kids. Cause that, that's, I think people with kids have, uh, generally speaking, probably a better understanding of the future. Cause like their kids, and especially once you have grandkids, it's sort of like, like, how can I make this a better world for them? So I'm going to be gone. I'm past. So how can I channel the energy that I have right now to make that a better world for them? And I think without kids, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to get there. Not that you can't, but yeah, well, that's a, <clears throat> it just occurred to me as you were saying that, like, if I imagine like, how do I create the best life for myself in 10 years? Mm-hmm. It's like really hard. Most people can't think past five years. Mm-hmm. That's why there's the, the sort of trope of like, what's your five year plan? Mm. We don't ever ask people what their 20 year plan is, you know, <laughs> cause it's just so difficult. It's mm-hmm. like so far into the unknown. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I imagine for my 10 year old, what sort of life I want for her in 10 years from now, mm-hmm. that's much easier mm. because I've been 10 and I've been 20 mm-hmm. and I have knowledge and information about what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. So I have more parameters mm-hmm. that I can say for her, just like your parent or grandparent has, you know, can easily more, more easily imagine for you 10 years down the road than you can for yourself. Totally. So you're, you're accumulating, gathering and storing energy both monetarily and through hopefully wisdom Mm -hmm. and then spending that it's, it's spending that on your children to give them the best life that they could have. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely see that as sort of like monetarily, like for, you know, saving up for college or Mm -hmm. for the help them start a business or, you know, whatever, whatever that might be is like, you, you would have more wisdom and insight into doing that when they're five than they would. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're like, hey, mommy, I want a bank account so I can save up for a business. I mean, there are some kids <laughs> You're like that. You're a freak. You're going to yeah. have no friends. So. <laughs> totally. Go play with a ball or something. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Go stick your hand in the peanut jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> peanut butter jar. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, and also like time. Go stick your hand in the peanut butter jar. Why <laughs> is that? A, is that a thing your kids do? No, I, I mean I used to go and like stick my finger and like you know. That's funny. Get a big old thing. Of I think that's a Ted Lasso thing. Actually, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that is right. Yeah. <clears throat> I always so. keep the top of the peanut butter jar open so I can just get a little. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that uh, uh, disciplined about it, or uh, <laughs> it was more of like a, an occasional like. Yeah. I don't want to get a spoon, and it's a lot easier to use my finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. This is, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a really fun thing to think about. Like once you start, like how to channel energy into the future is like such a, um, I don't know. I I feel like a challenging and also like a, uh, a great exercise to do. Yeah. And I know we've talked about a lot of these things and sometimes the, the language around it changes. Like, I think this, this analogy has been really helpful for you and I talking about things and, and how to challenge like, okay, what can I do for five minutes a day today that into the future, you know, could build an empire or something like that mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or a, a hundred story building. But if I do one little thing a little bit every single day, I think those are harder things to be disciplined about. Cause we do want immediate gratification. Like I have a hundred dollars. I'm going to go spend a hundred dollars. Well, that energy dissipated really quickly and it's not bad to spend a hundred dollars, but mm-hmm. you know, what if you spent $50 and then you use the other 50 to invest in the future or just $10? Like yeah. it's almost arbitrary. It's like taking something, whether it be building a knowledge or a skill set around something like how oh, every single day I'm going to do five math problems or something like that, you know, or learn something, you right. know, whatever it might be. <clears throat> it's like, like those things build up over time. And I think as you get older, you can see some of those things. You have more perspective. That's why our kids are always going school stupid. It's not doing anything for me. It's like, no, you're, you're getting stuff. You don't understand you're getting stuff. Yeah, and yes, I do agree. Right. School stupid, but 
Well, we invoke this phrase from Peterson quite a lot, but I was thinking about it today. This phrase, you know, um, do something that you could do that you would do, Mm. which is like, and because things that we can do that we're not currently doing can often be so big that they're unapproachable, even Mm -hmm. though you could do it, you know? So what will you do? Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard this, so I, I I follow like a lot of motivational workout people. It's <laughs> hilarious. I just find it so encouraging. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if it was one of them or if it was Peterson elaborating on that point, but just saying like, okay, you know, you're out of shape, you want to get in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will go get a gym membership and like try to show up for two hours, three days a week, and it's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's like they can do it, but they're not going to. They're going to burn out and quit, right? Mm-hmm. And we all had that experience, I think, whether that's with working out or dieting or whatever. Um, I experienced that a lot. I think the the whole whole 30 thing is oh, yeah. so stupid. It was popular there for a while. Mm. And it's stupid because no one ever completes it except for like that one person and they're <laughs> glowing and that like perpetuates the whole thing for the next year. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like, oh, no, it's the book Atomic Habits, I think, was talking about that. I was talking to my friend Andy about this. Um you know, rather than get the gym membership and go work out three days a week, why not get the gym membership and drive to the gym and then drive home Hmm. and then drive, do that three days a week, just Mm -hmm. drive to the gym. It's like, (laughs) what is it that you're doing? You're not working out, but you're Mm -hmm. establishing a habit. Mm -hmm. And once you can do that and it kind of feels like it doesn't take any effort anymore, walk into the gym, look around, get back in your car, go home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're building up these little arbitrary seeming, what will I do mm-hmm. toward what I could do? And before you know it, you've established a habit and you're going to go to the gym and you start working out and you've built something that's going to last rather than something that's going to burn out. Mm. And I think that's effectively channeling the least amount of energy into something that becomes accumulative over time. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Kobe Bryant thing. You're going to start pulling ahead of yourself essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's, and, and it's going to be exponential. Yeah. I, there's, there's, cause that, that phrase is just always turns in my mind uh, after I've heard that and you and I talk about it a lot. It's like, what would you do? What would you do that you could do? Or what could you, could do, you that do that you, you would, would do? do. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'll sit there and I'll be like, I don't really want to stretch today. And it's like, okay, well I can put my gym shorts on. Yeah. And then it's like, once I put my gym shorts on, it's like, okay, well I can get my mat out. Yeah. So I get my mat out. It's like, well, I'll lay on the ground. You know, it's like, and then I find myself, Oh, wow. That feels good. I'll do one stretch, you know, but it's not like, uh, you know, I've, I've done a couple of yoga routines and Allison does that really good, but it's like, I know I'll do certain things. And so if I just will do that and sometimes I'll end up doing like a 45 minute session out of just getting my freaking gym shorts on. <laughs> totally, <you know? laughs> totally. So it's like, it's, it's such a helpful thing. As long as I'm here, I might mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we put these insurmountable goals in front of us that mm-hmm. it's like, it just puts us into inaction, into stalety, you know, it's like, yeah. 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 There's such a, there's such a key in that, you know, I can just think of like a lot of, a lot of times where it's like, I don't want to do something. And I was just like, okay, I can do this for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. uh, well, I think it, it comes back to this point is like, how do you efficiently channel energy through time and space? Mm -hmm. It might not be that much energy that you're dealing with. Yeah. It might be the energy to put your pants on, Mm -hmm. you know, but can I keep that energy through to tomorrow Mm -hmm. and put my pants on again? And then again, and then you kind of realize, Oh, the energy's building, you know, maybe get the mat out. Mm -hmm. Can I do that again? Can I do that again? Maybe sit down on the mat, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the thing is, it's like, it's like cryptocurrency itself. It's like, it's kind of goes up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then all of a sudden it becomes parabolic and mm-hmm. it goes to the moon. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you, and then you see, then you, you experience some drawbacks and mm-hmm. you know, you have to kind yeah. of overcome again. Wow. Crypto is a great analogy. But if you, if you <laughs> decompose things down into the, into the smallest unit that you're, that you're willing to deal with, mm-hmm. it reminds me of language. You, 
you learn language, you start learning letters hmm. and then you learn small words and then bigger words and then sentences. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you don't really deal with words anymore. You're dealing with sentences, mm-hmm. you're dealing with ideas. Then you're dealing with paragraphs and more complicated ideas. And then you learn those complicated ideas well enough and you can condense them down into even more meaningful words that mm. contain an entire concept that to your younger self would have taken <sighs> four paragraphs to explain. And now mm-hmm. you can just say the word parhesia mm-hmm. and know what you're talking about. And it's, it becomes shorthand. And so the unit that you're dealing with becomes larger and larger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, Reminds me of poker. You know, you're increasing the the um, oh, the blinds. The, 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 you're increasing the buy-in. You're increasing the blinds. Uh-huh. Um, the accumulation of knowledge, the accumulation of energy, is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. As you do it more efficiently, the units that you're dealing with contain much more. Mm-hmm. But you can deal with them in the same way that it was like I used to only be able to put my shorts on. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, and then at some point you might get down on yourself. You're like, I only did thirty minutes of yoga today. Mm-hmm. That's all I can muster. You feel really bad about yourself, yeah, you know, yeah. but you, you kind of forget that, oh, right. But it used to take hmm. sort of relatively just as much effort to just put the pants on. <laughs> uh-huh. And now that amount of effort buys me 30 minutes of yoga. Yeah. You know, so yeah. this is, this is the channeling of energy through space and time and the accumulation. And, and the result is you're winning, <laughs> You know, whether that's at poker mm-hmm. or <clears throat> improving yourself through exercise or <clears throat> through education, um, literacy, numeracy. Mm-hmm. I even think of this in, in relational context, too. It's like, you know, you and I have a shorthand for a lot of different things. Like, I'll just say like, oh, you know, Pomp said this. And you're like, so you kind of reference your whole idea of Pomp or Sailor or right. Peterson or Eric Weinstein. So it's like you already have this built-in knowledge that you share with somebody else that you go, you only have to like say two words or three sentences, but it references almost a whole book of information. Right. And so there's that shorthand. It's like, so there's something about investing in relationships in that way is that you can, you know, say hi to somebody, you know? Oh, well, today's a high. And then, you know, it's like, I've got this one couple that walks by every morning and I say hi. And every day we kind of have a little chat and it's like, after a while, it's like, it's just like, we just like know each other, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's this, and, it, and again, we don't have dinner at each other's houses. We don't, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. but there's something about just like, I was thinking about that when I was trying to flesh out, you know, what this idea of channeling energy might mean. And that was one thing I thought <clears throat> about why it's so often upsetting to people when they don't remember someone's name. Mm. It's, it's not, it's not often upsetting to the people whose name isn't remembered. It's yeah. kind of like whatever. But if you don't remember someone's name, the next time you see them, it's almost like you've lost whatever social capital you gained in the first place. Oh, you sure. haven't, you haven't <clears throat> retained the energy of that first interaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if I remember, you know, I meet somebody, we have a small conversation. If I meet them the second time and I can go, Dan, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a bookmark in a book. Mm-hmm. It serves to say, I, you know, you may not remember everything about the conversation, mm-hmm. but I remember I can get us back into the level of intimacy we established in the first place, however oh. shallow that may be. And we can continue forward, which I think is, you know, why any sort of like, um, maybe sort of like business acumen book is probably going to suggest that you do whatever you can to remember people's names. Mm-hmm. It does make a huge difference. It's channeling the energy forward. It's so true. Cause like I've, I've got this one person I, I have conversations with and every single time he's like, Hey Michael, how's it going? I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, it's like already there. I feel like there's a distance. He knows my name and I don't know his name. Right. And I just looked it up today, actually. So that's why I'm bringing. You looked up. up his name. Yeah. <laughs> I decided. I knew, long... I knew how to look it look it up, and I didn't mean to for a while. And I was like, "No, I'm going to do it right now." <laughs> and it's like once I saw the name, I was just sort of like, all of a sudden, my connection came back. Came back. Yeah. And and actually, I'm eager to run into him again. You know, it's like you know, it's like it's, <laughs> I know it now. <laughs> I know it now. Yeah. Well, it's because it's like it's like it was it was somebody I wanted to like be able to say, "Hey, yeah, I'm really interested in like hearing about these certain things." And, you know, I was like, okay, who can I ask? And all this, it's, it's, so it's like, it's interesting. Like 
it was sort of like a, a blocked energy, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, maybe that's just pridefulness on my part, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, I totally forgot your name. I'm sorry. You know, it's like, so pride can also be a, ooh, a, 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 a dam towards energy, you know, maybe, I mean, that's fascinating actually. Sorry. I'm like, well, I, I think <laughs> you just like, blew your own mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was just thinking about like, like, you know, a lot of the things we talked about, like, you know, even like the de- seven deadly sins, you know, and I'm, I don't know all of them, but, but just basically the idea of like, there's these sort of like laws in place that put a damper on, uh, the flow of energy, you know, pride for one is, is a, is a damper on the flow of energy. You know, it's like, if I'm so proud that I can't ask this person's name, it, it hampers the relationship, you know? Oh yeah, totally. If I'm so proud, cause you won't I, be interacting with them. You'll mm-hmm. be interacting with them through the, fence of your own shame and like <laughs> half your brain's going to be working on trying to figure out who, what their name is uh-huh, totally. <clears throat> rather than, rather than directing all of you and your attention mm-hmm. towards them. Yeah. It's like every time I see you, I don't have, I don't have to remember your name anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a whole barrier that's yeah. gone, you know, it's like, <clears throat> right. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. It took me like, you know, 10 years. Yeah, but it's, right. it's, we I'm finally right. made yeah, it. Totally. <laughs> I think the relationship's going to last. I think it's, I think it's going <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> but there is, I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating. You know, we were talking about this is like, do not murder, you know, do not covet your neighbor's wife. Do not steal. It's like, there's this part that's like, there's these things that will actually limit you in the world. You know, it's like, if you murder, it's like you're, you become untrustworthy. You're, you're, um, we can't trust him. He murders. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I've known the guy to murder. I don't think you want to trust him. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's like it, it, your, your energy gets stifled by, by stealing. You know, it's like, there's, there's something that, <clears throat> that it's, it's a short term, it's a short term gain in that, that inner doesn't transfer long-term because if you steal, it runs out at some point and then you have to steal again. So it's not like you steal one time. Like, uh, Les Mis, there was this character that was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I forget his name, but he was like the main sort of like he, they just spent so much time scheming like hours, weeks, months. I mean, it's just like, and then they would do the thing. Well, they were right back at the beginning. They had to then spend all this energy to do the whole another scheme. Mm-hmm. And like how much energy is lost that if you were to produce something that then was ex- that grew itself. I love this because mm-hmm. every heist movie mm-hmm. is predicated on the conversation. Oh, it's the last one. This is the last one. <laughs> will be said after this one. Uh-huh. And you, you, you all, it's like, <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> Otherwise there wouldn't be a movie to watch, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause the last one would have been the last one, uh-huh. you know? Totally. But that's like energy. Not it's not well spent. It's it's something that's dissipating, <clears throat> right? Because you're not generating. You're capturing mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, stealing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to spend the energy you spent figuring out how to steal on actually creating mm-hmm. your own energy, that's like the wellspring of life. Yeah, which I think is what's really interesting about the political discourse or debate or argument between capitalism and communism or socialism or whatever you want to call it to be more palatable. Like the idea on the left side of the conversation is that there's like a, a net amount of energy to be had. Mm. And the part of the, <clears throat> the part that they're missing, you know, and, and in this, this net, or let's, let's say a pie, it's like there's a pie and it's one size and it's divided up. And in capitalism, the capitalists take the majority of the pie and leave the rest, you know, a little bit for the little people. Mm-hmm. And what they're missing is that capitalism enables, with, sorry, I'm going to change <laughs> the way I said that because I don't want to get into the debate about it. Yeah. What they're missing is that individuals and organizations are able to actually generate net new pie. Mm -hmm. It's like the pie might be a certain size, but I can come and through my creative individuality, make the pie bigger. Mm -hmm. And so the pie grows. Yeah. That's more for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like almost, and then like, uh, again, 
yeah, the, the whole debate part about this, but like as the pie grows, it's like that small piece that that one per- person had might actually be bigger. It's the same idea of like, you know, that big screen TV was to $3,000. Now it's $200. Yeah. So it's like, it's like by that ingenuity, it actually is a deflationary aspect to that ingenuity and in that it makes things cheaper. It might be expensive at the beginning, but it'll, it trickles down to like over the years to be something that's more affordable for right. people. Right. Well, and it's partly, I think the reason that it is deflationary is that the, the innovation, the creative generation, um, actually creates something new that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ex- it's like the excess energy we were talking about that establishes the need for a monetary system. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to generate excess energy. Mm-hmm. And so that creates a monetary system. And even within that, and within that system, we're able to more efficiently create excess energy. Mm-hmm. The excess energy grows. It's not, it's not simply my excess energy is capturing more of the monetary system. Mm. It's actually creating new energy, which is captured within the monetary system and Mm -hmm. distributed. Or even like the idea of uh, higher paying jobs too. It's like, you know, Elon Musk has has started like, you know, five companies and all those companies provide higher paying jobs than if he didn't do any of those things. So it's like, so would you rather have somebody bringing into the workforce jobs that are like more highly desirable and pay more or just like keep the pie the same and we're just going to keep dividing it up? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's where the, and then at some point you're going to have to start excluding people from the pie because the pie isn't big enough for that small group of people or that for that large group of people because the pie keeps staying the same. It's somewhere like the idea of like a family who has a hundred acres. It's like, you know, Every every time each generation has more and more kids, the 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 land keeps getting divided up into smaller and smaller parcels to where it's almost useless because right. you can't farm off a two foot by two foot square. <laughs> Which so like the traditional solution to that is you don't divide it up; you just give it to the firstborn. Yeah, mm-hmm. to so that it retains its value and it isn't dissipated into nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know, there's all kinds of problems with that solution, mm-hmm. but it is a solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I had a uh, friend of our family's uh, father uh, was at the end of his life. He's going to die, and he owned like five thousand acres out west. And mm-hmm. he decided to just sell it rather than deal with the struggle of trying to figure out, you know, who to pass it on to or how to divide it up or all of that because. He had a bunch of kids and they had a bunch of kids and they had a bunch of kids and he was like, I'm just going to sell it and then y'all can fight over the bank account. That's mm-hmm. easier, you know, because you can't, it's easier to divide up money than it is to divide up land. Yeah. Just like it is easier to divide up dollars than it is, is to divide up gold. Especially land. But it's like, I want the part with the river. It's like, yeah, no, right? I want like the part how do you the value yeah. the different parts? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But there was something so <laughs> tragic about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> So you value this 5,000 acres at some, you know, very high dollar amount Mm -hmm. and you transfer the value of that land into the money. And now you have the money and it's like something was lost. feels Mm -hmm. to me like that, like something was lost. There was something invaluable about the land, Mm -hmm. you know, even though you agreed to a purchase price, I feel like, and maybe that's partly for me personally, because I grew up on a, a piece of land and that land was sold and I felt like I lost something that couldn't, you know, I, I was young. And so, you know, at 13 or 14 or whatever it was, I mm-hmm. was like, I don't care how much you got for that. You sold the place where I had my tree fort. Like <laughs> that was worth billions. <laughs> that was worth everything to me. Uh, you know? Totally. And it's something about like getting rid of it rather than making the, t- the tough decisions that mm. seem so tragic to me. Yeah. That's interesting. Like the idea of between energy and value. I don't know if I can make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have that, but that kind of came to my mind. 
Well, might be a good place to wrap it. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you guys for uh, coming out to the shores with us. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Got a lot of thoughts and ideas and we're ready to to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say cheers to channeling all of our energy to the next episode. Yeah, totally. To the next episode. (laughs) That was good. What is that, Will Smith? Uh, Uh, Should have known better than to ask you to sing something. (laughs) Uh, Now chill to the next Next episode. episode. Yeah. I was thinking about another one, but yeah, it's good too. (laughs) All (laughs) All right. right. Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) See you guys.